HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state, which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. This is Capri Cafaro, host of Eat Your Heartland Out. Our next episode is part of a series we're doing on unique agricultural and food education programs based in the Midwest. We will return to Kalamazoo Valley Community College to discuss their sustainable brewing and culinary arts program. And I'll revisit the Great Lakes Culinary Institute in Traverse City, Michigan, which houses a special maritime culinary certificate. Aaron, thank you for joining the program. We've been uh, speaking throughout this uh, show to a number of other individuals at Kalamazoo Valley Community College uh, around culinary arts and agriculture. And um, you have a really fun job uh, in the sustainable brewing program. Uh, we all know how popular uh, microbrewing and uh, you know regional breweries have, and even home brewing has become in recent years. So um, I'm really excited to have you uh, share with our audience about um, what your program is is doing uh, to foster the next generation of brewers. Awesome! Hey, thanks for having me on the show here. So our program is the Sustainable Brewing Program here at Kalamazoo Valley Community College. What kind of sets our program apart from some of the others that that you may have seen either in the United States or overseas in Europe is we have an emphasis on this sustainability and ensuring that we're able to, as I, as, as I say in some of my classes, make sure there's beer for the, the kids in the next generation. <laughs> so what that entirely um, entails is ensuring that we're teaching students not just how to make excellent high quality beer, but how to ensure that we're leaving as little impact on the environment, we're effectively using resources, we are also in, in, in encapsulating the social aspect and being inclusive, and we are trying to break down social and gender barriers within the industry and outside the industry, and also trying to create 
a an industry that itself is sustainable where employees are being equitably paid and product is being offered at a at a quality price but mm-hmm. that isn't overshooting um so yeah we've we've got something a little bit different here those are really important goals um for any kind of yeah. you know academic program that is uh particularly you know uh, geared towards producing a product uh i'd like to know a little bit more about you know maybe some tangible examples of how you are uh, aiming to make the industry more inclusive, for example. So uh, it seems like a less difficult um, task over the past uh, eight, uh, let's see, it'd be five years that I've been here. But inclusivity and diversity in this industry is really a kind of a key point um, across, across many um, publications and journals. What we're doing here at KVCC is we're trying to um, target some of our coursework to be inclusive for uh, gender, non-gender specific. Uh, we're, we've seen a drastic increase in the number of females enrolled in our program. And honestly, there's some of the, the, <laughs> the most excellent students we have. Uh, but we're, we're offering some events where people can come by, taste beer. Uh, we're promoting diversity at these events, um, both in our product and the people that are attending as well. And that's I, I'm. And it's wonderful to hear that um, you know you are not only fostering that um, sentiment of inclusiveness and, and diversity, but that there seems to be an increased interest as well from um, you know people that may have not necessarily been. Um, uh, maybe attracted to uh, the the brewing industry previously. Um, so, you know, the sustain, it's, sustainability is in the title of the program. Um, what are you doing in your curricula that uh, is, uh, that makes the brewing program sustainable? Excellent question. So I think that most all of our coursework enc- encapsulates this uh, and incorporates these sustainable methodologies in some fashion. Uh, Some examples, we have a course, Brew 110, which is a brewing history, culture, and sustainability, where we are not only talking about the culture of the industry and, you know, bringing some of these these things like diversity um, to the forefront of students' minds coming through the program, but we're also talking about the history. You know, we're, we're talking about how the industry was once dominated by primary, primarily by females. And just education in itself, I think, harbors this diversity and the sustainability aspect. For uh, another aspect, non-social related, um, in our production courses that primarily focus on the production of beer, we are teaching students to uh, use data to make decisions. We are teaching students to be highly sensitive to the amount of water they're using in the process, to the diversion of resources such as spent grain, trube, spent hops, and diverting those into unconventional uh, pathways, you know, not not necessarily yes. throwing them away. I, I heard about the cookies. We, we talked about the cookies being, being baked with the spent <laughs> grain, so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's a number number of different ways that we're we're trying to promote that. Um, 
in the coursework. Wow, and uh, I understand that you have um, the program as a partnership with Western Michigan University too, right? Yes, we do. Yes, yeah, so students coming through uh, have the option at Kalamazoo Valley to either pursue a certificate, uh, which I believe is about 37 credits. They can also go on to take a few other courses, general ed courses, to really round out their education for an associate's. And if they're interested in pursuing this further, which we, we always you know, will encourage, they can take this associates to transfer over to Western at Western Michigan and Dr. Bertman and his team over there, they will take a lot of the core sciences, whether it's biology, um, business even, or chemistry, uh, maybe even some engineering courses and really hone out a, a student future brewers uh, expertise. Wow, I mean, you all are really opening a lot of doors. Uh where can one drink the beer that's made by the brewing program? Do you, much like, you know, for example, culinary arts, you know, they, they have the cafe and the restaurant, um, you know, you have the, the, the farms that are supplying, uh, you know, the, the culinary programs. Um, and obviously I would assume, you know, you all as well to an extent, but you're trying to learn how to make beer. Is that, something that people can buy in the cafe or the restaurant associated with the college or on the shelves, you know, where can someone taste this? Yeah, great question. So we have the luxury of being able to not only utilize our one hectoliter brew system here at the school for curriculum-based work, but we also can take that product and put it out through the tap room. Actually, tonight on Tuesdays throughout the semester, we hold a Brew 200 class, which is a tap room management and service course, mm. where students are able to pour beer, manage draft systems, learn about POS, learn about service um, every Tuesday for several hours. So that's a good outlet to put the product out. Yeah. Uh, and, and we, yeah, we get a lot of feedback from the community. We've got people that. Uh, have students in the program, parents, family members. We have students coming in. Uh, we have community members coming in for this event. And we'll take student beer and pair it with culinary students' food. Um, and we'll highlight three beers and, and three pairings every week. Oh, how fun. Uh, what about, you know, experimenting with you know, different types of beers? Are you dealing with you know, for example, sour beers have become, you know, a bit of a trend these days. And obviously, you know, we know that there are your light beers, your Pilsners, and then your dark beers and your Hefeweizens and everything in between. Um, is there, you know, a course on, I don't know, different beer varieties <laughs> um, to the layperson? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The One of the courses that students take going through the program is Brew 160, and that is a styles and sensory course where they'll learn about the various classical styles that exist all over the world. Furthermore, students really kind of have a free reign to make recipes as they're moving through the program. So they can experiment with uh, things, you know, as, as classic as maybe an American light lager or things that are a little bit more out there. We have a key lime pie ale that's going on oh, tap wow. tonight. So, there's, yeah, there's a lot of free reign uh, that students have to experiment. We kind of have a philosophy where students should really learn to brew classic styles as a, as a 
way of of teaching the process and then from there they're able to kind of really experiment and and create something of their own sure those foundations are important but they're sounds like they're jumping jumping off point for um I don't, I don't want to say bigger and better things, but maybe, you know, the canvas that their creativity is able to be unleashed on. So that that is great. I'd love to try a, a key lime pie uh, beer. That sounds great. And I'd also be interested to know what that's going to get paired with, too, from a food perspective. <laughs> that, so what's on um, the horizon for, for the program? I've asked this to everybody. i got to ask it to you, too. So on the horizon, one of, one of the things that we really – have stressed with this program is we want to make sure that our students coming out of here are, are ready to go to work and they have opportunity to to go and work at a brewery or an industry related to the field that they've studied which i think is is really interesting i remember going through school myself and finishing up uh, my undergrad and you know the the school kind of said all right here's your diploma and you're on your way we try to foster an environment where students are being paired with an internship which has a historically has had a very high uh retention rate as far as them hiring on the students so one of the things we're focusing on is community driven we want to make sure our students are giving back to the community and that they they see this school as a resource in a, in a for training their workforce and that's uh, i think probably a very um, valuable philosophy uh, for any academic mm -hmm. program uh, training the next generation. And, and that, that view seems pretty pervasive, I think, across uh, you know, all the programs at, at, at Kalamazoo Valley Community College. Uh, Aaron, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us and to educate us about how you educate the next generation of beer makers. This is Eat Your Heartland Out with me, Capri Cafaro. After the break, I will welcome Stephanie and Joel from Kalamazoo Valley Community College. We fall asleep just to wake up. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin, you think cheese. Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush, green hills of Wisconsin, bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. Welcome back to Eat Your Heartland Out. I'm your host, Capri Cafaro. I've been speaking to guests from Kalamazoo Valley Community College about the variety of academic programs they offer to students in sustainable brewing and culinary arts. I want to welcome Culinary Arts and Brewing Program Director Stephanie Hughes-Winfrey, as well as culinary instructor Joel Boone. Stephanie, Joel, it's great to have you here. We're continuing our conversation with uh, all these different programs uh, for at uh, Kalamazoo Valley Community College, and um, I'm just really impressed 
uh, with the work that is being done there in Michigan and, and uh, at your institution when it comes to sustainability and, and integrating all these different aspects of the food system. So Stephanie, I know you're the director of the uh, Culinary Arts and Sustainable Food Systems Program. I got that correct. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Please share with our, our listeners the, the mission of the program and, and how it's designed. All right, well, thank you for having us. It's really great to be on. Um, so our uh, culinary arts and sustainable food systems, we offer two different um, degree paths. So associate degree and then certificate. And then we also have a baking and pastry certificate. But our program is unique. And I guess kind of our mission would be to instill culinary arts uh, skills and um you know, aspects of the, the culinary world in our students, but also they get uh, some agri-foods background and they get to be on our farm at the Food Innovation Center and be able to grow produce. And then uh, when they get into the kitchens and they're in the cafe or restaurant classes, then they are using that food that they grew. So it's kind of our mission would be to um, give the students not only, you know, a great foundation in culinary arts, but also to have the sustainability aspect um, and kind of farm to fork sort of mentality. Love it. Farm to fork. And Joel, I know you're an instructor. How do you um, embody that farm to fork approach in uh, the work that you do um, as an instructor with, um, within the program? Well, it happens naturally um, in my lab. In fact, um, it happened um, just this week. Uh, we're working on salads and vinaigrettes and hors d'oeuvres. And um, as we're prepping this uh, lab um, with the students, um, throughout the semester, you'll hear students say things like, hey, I grew that. Or this is from Carlson Farms. We visited that farm in Lawton, Michigan. Um, so when we're preparing these foods, um, good chunk of our product is really from within, you know, a hundred miles of around Kalamazoo. Um, many things students have grown themselves, picked the weeds that surrounded the plant themselves, um, and um, just have a, a bit more of a connection um, with these meats and with this produce, uh, just based on how um, this program is designed. How does that impact the students learning, Kyle, or excuse me, Joel, when, um, you um, are bringing them into a situation where they are saying, oh, I grew this or I saw this being grown and they're seeing that entire spectrum. How does that influence their their learning and their approach um, as you know future practitioners in the field? Right. So one of the first lessons um, I teach in, in, in class is that to become a better chef um, is simply at first learning how to identify what quality ingredients are. Um, mm. If your ingredients uh, taste better than mine, if your corn is sweeter than mine, if your strawberries um, have more flavor, it doesn't matter that they don't have as much experience as a, a, another chef. If their ingredients are excellent, the flavor is going to come through in the final dishes. Um, mm. So starting really with, with those ingredients and, and leading with that, um, oftentimes seasonally, um, is something that um, after doing that for a while, it's hard to go back as, as a chef um, to working with more conventionally raised things. You're not quite as excited about it. So getting their hands on these local ingredients um, and, and then teaching them and surrounding them with, you know, the knowledge that the culinary schools teach um, is, is really um, 
uh, one of the focuses. And um, uh, that happens quickly um, it, with uh, with the better ingredients, in, in my experience. Well, you're already making students. my mouth water. <laughs> um, and that makes <laughs> a lot of sense. You know, the, the, the components of something, um, you know, if you don't have good components, the end result is not going to be as strong. Uh, so I can see how um, that would really be inspiring to someone um, as they're preparing those dishes. Stephanie, earlier you mentioned, um, you know, the work with the Food Innovation Hub, and we spoke to some of your colleagues there um, as well. Mm -hmm. um, how um, is the Culinary Arts Program integrated into the work that's done at the Food Innovation Hub? So the, the students are able to see um, from how the plants are growing, but then how they can utilize that best uh, within their foundations classes, but also in the cafe and restaurant classes as well. So the students um, are also touring different farms, different food locations within Southwest Michigan, you know, within a hundred mile radius of, of Kalamazoo and the school. So they're really getting uh, hands-on experience and maybe a little bit more view of the supply chain, mm -hmm. um, you know, rather than just having their, their food show up at the back dock, they've had a little bit of a, a part and a hand in getting that food, um, you know, to be able to be used in the kitchens. So, um, you know, we, we do try to work together with the Food Innovation Center quite a bit, just with the classes that the students have, but then also utilizing product and working with the partners at Valley Hub and the Food Innovation Center mm -hmm. um, in getting and utilizing product too. That, that's great. I know, you know, you mentioned um, the cafe and the restaurant. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I don't know which one of you want to address this, but I, I, oh, I know how important that hands on experience is as well. So you're talking kind of about the back end, right, of, you know, getting those ingredients sure. to the table. But then obviously, there's a lot that goes into training for restaurant management and all the rest of this and, and that hands on experience and there's, you know, the cafe or the restaurant is, is equally as important. Mm -hmm. um, what does that what does that look like, uh, you know, as a student and then as a consumer, if you show up there and, you know, um, are enjoying their products? Right. So we have three different classes. Um, one is for um, the back of the house for the cafe. Then we have a back of the house for the restaurant and then also a food service management class for the restaurant. So in the cafe, the students are working on high volume production. They've come from the foundations kitchens where they've gotten, you know, their basic knife skills and they're um, really precise with their knife cuts. Um, and then they're able to utilize what they've learned in our uh, labs upstairs. They come downstairs to the uh, restaurant cafe kitchen and they're putting those skills to use at a much faster pace. Um, sometimes we'll have up to 100 people come through the, the lunch line for the cafe. So the students get to see um, how to work on replenishment. Is there anything that we need to do on the fly to make sure that we keep our cafe stocked and the, the customers happy? So the students are doing high volume production. They're also, um, we rotate through different regional American cuisines each mm. week. Um, so there'll be one or two of those that they're, um, you know, really learning that cuisine through the execution of recipes. And, um, you know, it's, it's good to expose them to different recipes that they may not have had in their um, foundational uh, lab classes. Uh, but so they're getting to have some, you know, unique recipes that they're able to execute and learn a little bit more um, about the United States and the different cuisines that exist within those. Um, and then <laughs> the... Uh, 
Yeah, right. The um, restaurant class is um, a little bit more fine dining. So the students are able to um, go back to those really precise knife cuts and um, really have more input on the menu. So they work with their chef in developing usually three to four courses uh, that, um, you know, students have thought of, they've practiced, uh, they think will sell well in, um, in Kalamazoo at our restaurant, the 418 restaurant. And um, so it's it's exciting to see them go from, you know, kind of this higher volume, 100 people that they're they're trying to serve for lunch. And then um, they go to their their next class, the restaurant class, and they're able to kind of refine what they've been learning and have a little bit more hands on um, experience with menu development and executing their own recipes that they've come up with. I, I'm glad that you brought that up because that was going to be one of mm-hmm. uh, that's my, what's going to be my next question is. When you were okay. talking about the, the regional cuisine um, that was being served in the mm-hmm. cafe, I wanted to know a little bit more about, um, you know, the uh, the process of selecting, you know, menu items and that and that kind of, you know, recipe development and menu development and, and that collaboration mm-hmm. for students to to get that because that's such an important aspect of all of this as well because you can understand sure. the ingredients and you can understand the back of house, but if you can't put it all together into a menu item mm-hmm. that people are going to enjoy, you know, it's it's not going to turn out very well. What? Tell me a little bit more right. about that process. Um, so with the cafe class where the students are doing those different regional American cuisines, um, we do use a textbook. So the recipes are being pulled from, uh, from that. The students learn, um, they have lectures on those different regional American cuisines. Um, but then they're utilizing the recipes that are within each of those chapters and we put them um, to use. We scale them up. The recipes are usually written for about a four person um, execution or recipe yield. And so um, they're working on batch cooking and scaling those recipes up. So they have more of a um, you know, a, a template to use for the regional American cuisines that they're executing. And then for the um, restaurant class, they're able to have a little bit more freedom and they're really able to put their uh, creative minds to to work and come up with uh, a menu that they think um, will do well and, you know, tastes good and is palatable. And um, so they have a little bit more freedom with that class. So um, sometimes the the menus, depending on the students and the, the chef who's instructing that class, um, some of those cuisines skew a little more global or international. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they've they've experienced a lot of those um, cuisines because of how much influence um, the United States or how much the United States has been influenced in different regions from sure. um, countries all over the world. So, yeah, so the lunch is a little more um, scripted and then um, the uh, restaurant class is a little bit, you know, more, I guess they have more freedom to, to put something together. Mm-hmm. Joel, what, what would you like to add to this? Um, you know, we've, we've gotten a lot of background from Rachel, but you know, you're, you're out there doing this and interfacing with the students. What, what don't we know yet that we haven't discussed? Well, um, one thing I think that is really unique about our program is, is we focus on, on food as medicine. Um, we have a class uh, called nutritional cooking and on paper, that doesn't sound terribly exciting. Um, but what actually takes place in that class is a, uh, a ton of creativity um, and students making food that is not only delicious, but healthy too. Um, that's not easy to do. 
when I went to culinary school in the, in the late 90s, uh, early 2000s, um, it wasn't a big focus of making healthy foods. Um, nowadays, a modern chef needs to be able to understand that food is medicine and how we can create healthy food where you walk away from your meal and you feel amazing. You feel really yeah. vibrant and good. Um, that's not always the case when we leave restaurants. Mm -hmm. um, and so a modern chef is, is what I tell students, the modern chef it, it knows how to under, uh, understand nutrition, that food is medicine, um, and it helps connect them with, with the guests. Now, that being said, we serve plenty of indulgent food here, too. There's no shortage of sugar and, and heavy creams and, and souffles and, and, and creme brulees and things like that. Um, so, so that's an important part of, of food, too. Um, but I really I really find that um, uh, that our nutritional uh, focus is is very, very well received by students, too, and leads to employability skills. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of neat jobs in this industry where um, that knowledge is is impactful. Uh, where that knowledge will um, uh, bring you to the next step in your career. Oh, there's there's no question about that. And as we all know, uh, you know, there, there's so many different dietary restrictions that you know people have, whether it's gluten or um, you know uh, vegan, uh, you know, and the list goes on. But to be able to be adaptive and design menu items and understand how to meet dietary needs. Um, of you know a variety of of you know, individuals um, tastes and you know health uh, concerns uh, that really does I, I can imagine uh, lend uh, the skills to an employability in the long run. Um, in talking to yeah. some of your other colleagues, you're talking about you know looking at twenty years down the road, you're talking about you know designing for the modern chef and training the modern chef. What I'm getting from everyone that I'm speaking to at Kalamazoo Valley Community College in these programs, that you really are forward thinking in how you are training the next generation of culinary leaders. Right, yeah, a lot of culinary students, I think they come to uh, a culinary school after watching you know, a lot of awesome <laughs> social media and food network type chefs, and they wanna work at really fancy restaurants. And that we've had plenty of students to go on and do those things. Um, but many of them realize that there is amazing jobs in um, you know, school systems, retirement communities, hospitals. Mm -hmm. We've got some really, um, you know, amazing students um, that have gone on to more institutional style um, kitchens and improved the food at hospitals, brought so more important. local ingredients to school systems. Um, one of our instructors also um, is a chef at, at the Center for the Blind. And their food, since they've hired him, I guarantee you, has improved and increased based on what he's learned here. Um, and and uh, we're hoping to see more of that as it's not all about, you know, Michelin stars and, and fancy pants type restaurants. Um, there is amazing um, food being produced at local kids camps. Uh, we have a, a student that works at a, a camp called Pretty Lake here in Kalamazoo, and it's a really amazing place. And people don't often think, wow, one of the best meals I've had lately was at a camp. And that's one of our graduates um, that is using their skills really to the, the their fullest ability. Wow, that's I mean, and you are absolutely correct. I mean, the um, it's not just about restaurants; it is about those institutional settings too, because you know those those food uh, services um, really can benefit from creativity. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, I, yeah. I appreciate you both uh, joining us. Um, any 
uh, final thoughts, uh, Rachel, or either of you, before we let you go? And just thank you for having us, and um, we're excited to be here. And if any follow-up questions, please let us know. Absolutely. Thank you so Kalamazoo. much. Kalamazoo in West Michigan is a great uh, area of the country for food. And uh, this program, uh, or sorry, our culinary program is really going to be part of um, improving this whole uh, region's um, culinary uh, offerings and, and employability skills around the, the around West Michigan. Well, and you're making that region, Western said. Michigan, a um, a leader, I think, in what you're doing as well. So not only are you improving uh, what's happening there in, in uh, Western Michigan, but I think you're making that region a leader in uh, sustainable culinary arts as well. So thank you both. You've been listening to Eat Your Heartland Out. This episode was produced by me, Capri Cafaro. Our audio engineers are Liam Warner and Armin Spengen. Theme music by Jason Shaw. You can learn more about the show by visiting heritageradionetwork.org backslash Eat Your Heartland Out. Eat Your Heartland Out is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.